0: Welcome back to your weekly offside report brought to you by Sportsmates EPL Live app. And we kick things off today with the breaking news of Claudio Ranieri returning to the Premier League with Watford. And will it be a case of ninth time lucky for the Hornets? And we've got our surprise packets for the season already. Fellow newcomer Brentford continue to impress against the big boys after their dramatic win at West Ham. And the Seagulls continue to soar, earning a point against the Gunners to sit proudly in sixth. Mitch will also give us the lowdown on United's recent downward spiral, and we recap another classic between Liverpool and Manchester City, and joining me on the panel, as always, to discuss all of that plus more is Mitch and Al, and not Jimmy this week, because he's still embarrassed about United's result on Saturday, but Mitch, you've braved the storm, and you're sitting down here with us, without giving too much away, how are you feeling, mate?
1: Without giving too much away. Um, (laughs) We'll save it for later on. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, look, all the tears next to me have, uh, have gone away now. But look, it was, it was disappointing. Um, but to be honest with you, going into that game, I had that feeling anyway. Um, mm. Unfortunately, as soon as I saw that lineup, without giving too much away. And <laughs> unfortunately, it all came true and, and it was disappointing to see. But look, Al, I think it's a better weekend for you. How are you feeling? It's a,
2: it's a much better weekend. I was going to say, you didn't lose though, did you?
1: It counts as a loss. It feels like it. I think with the games we've got coming up, it's as bad as a loss. No, and with the
0: time. with the with the players Everton, I mean, we'll get into it shortly. But the players Everton had out, you'd expect United to win that at home. But anyway, we, we'll we'll head off to the breaking news. And Watford have sacked a manager. Surprise, surprise! Uh, Cisco Munez uh, walks out the door, and in comes Claudio Ranieri.
2: Al. Yeah, I, I it's that first managerial casualty of the season. And to be yeah. fair, it's a harsh one. Um, you know, oh, seven games in, seven games in, not just that, it's 10 months in the job, right? He helped them gain, you know, promotion into the Premier League, so it's not, yeah. he's done a bad job. So, you know, they've mm. had, uh, you know, seven, seven they've they they've won two games out there, seven, seven games as well. Um, yeah. you know, it shows how ruthless these clubs are nowadays, and exactly. Claudio Ranieri, obviously, they've been chatting to him for a while, maybe. Um, mm. He's a proven winner, isn't he? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I was thinking, I mean, to, for them to let go of their manager so quickly into the season, I mean, it's, it's not like it's unlike Watford, but for them to do it, I was thinking they must have someone lined up and I was interested to see who came out. And obviously, it's Claudio Ranieri. So, fair enough. I think he's going to be, you know, a good addition for them. He should keep them up, you'd think. He's an experienced Premier League ma- manager. What do you think, Mitch?
1: Oh, look, I think, yeah, you, you said the key word there was experience and and he's got that in, you know, he's got that a lot. So I think it'll be interesting to see how he goes with this squad he's got. Um, I think Josh King is the player I'm excited to see under under him. Uh, I think he could be a mm-hmm. bit Vardy-esque in terms of getting him behind and, and scoring those sort of poacher-like goals. I think it'll be it'll be interesting to see. They've got obviously Liverpool uh, first game back after this, after this next break. So how they bounce back in that short amount of time, I don't think you can judge them on that. But I think the players will be eager to play for him and get a result earlier, at least push Liverpool and show the fans there's something to be there. But it was a very quick sacking. It was, you know, seven mm. games in, as you said. They've won two games. They've drawn one. So it's it interesting came out of
0: nowhere. As, it it wasn't, wasn't of- the
1: club I expected. Put it that way. I was expecting a few other clubs to, to make us, you know, to sack their coach before it was them. So, but yeah. look, it's the Premier League. And when there's big dollars involved, they, they make swift decisions. And especially Watford, they love they love to sack their coaches.
0: Yeah, that's it. That's pretty much it. I just don't understand how you can expect to be a successful team, produce consistent re- results when there's such a high turnover of managers. I mean, players are one thing, but managers, especially, they're the ones drilling in the message to the group and you know building the standards around the club. So, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting, but on the contrary, I mean, Bright, uh, sorry, not Brighton, Brentford. Uh, on the rise to the Premier League this year as well. Um, they've been flawless so far. So, Mitch, uh, I'll ask you again, how, how are you finding their uh, introduction to the Premier League?
1: Oh, I'm loving watching them. I'm loving seeing them. Uh, they've, they've had the early time slot a few times, which has been great, even better. Um, mm. But they've been exciting to watch. They clearly, they're happy to concede because they think they'll outscore you. Um, yeah. and, they'll, and they'll die trying to. I mean, we saw that against Liverpool, a 3 all um, they don't say die. They, they always seem to find like winners. They, it's a team that just is playing with freedom. Um, yeah. It's really exciting to see. It's, it's a great thing for the Premier League to see teams come up and do well. Um, I think they're doing a lot better than anybody anybody could have expected. I think even their most diehard fans wouldn't have even predicted a start like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but they keep turning up. I mean, not what, a 94th minute or 93rd minute winner on the weekend – uh, it's just it's spectacular to see. And, and they're being joined by another team, that top eight, um, Brighton, who is also pushing it down and doing unreal things. So it's been a really exciting first seven games for, I think, both those teams, but especially Brentford. I mean, first year up in the Premier League, first time in the Premier League, I believe, as well. It's, it's spectacular and it's, it's awesome to see. I think, you know, I still think they're a team that most teams would be scared to play against, you know, in the next coming probably five to six weeks.
2: Mm. yeah i totally agree i think the beads are buzzing i mean to win to win against their east london um neighbors as well especially because west ham are on the on the up you know they've been winning a few games they look like a team that, and to lose at home against you know, as you said a yeah. promoted newly promoted team is is fan- fantastic for brentford
0: yeah exactly and uh, i mean do you think it was getting stuck into me last week when uh brentford scored a result against liverpool but, I mean, I said it. I mean, there's always going to be a surprise packet every season. But Brentford, I mean, they've got that feel about them that they can uh, cause a few upsets against some of the bigger sides this year. They've already done it. Obviously, Liverpool, they beat Arsenal. They've beaten Wolves and now West Ham away from home. And they play an attacking form of football. They've got dangerous players. Ivan Tony's, you know, he's incredible. I think he's going to score a big move soon. Also, um, in Boemo. uh, they've got they've got quality players, and I they showed that in the championship the last couple of seasons. So, you know, I think they've been waiting to come up to the Premier League uh, for a while now. And now that they're here, they're not going to go down without a bang. So, yeah, I think they'll cause a few upsets for sure.
2: Well, there's there's not much expectation on them as well. You know, they should just come out and enjoy enjoy their football, which is what mm. they're doing.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean Brighton as well. Uh, I don't think anyone expected them to be uh, where they are at the moment. Um, they're they're always hanging around that uh, not relegation zone, but probably just sitting above it. But yeah, now in the top six, they've lost one game, like Mitch said, in the opening seven games. I mean they're on fire, and I think again, uh, no one really expected expect a team like them. Graham Potter, I think, has always produced like a positive style of football, but. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they can, you know, hold this for a, a while longer.
1: Yeah. They're, they're certainly exciting. You've got to look at the teams that they've beaten as well have been impressive and the way that they've done it. They've scored late like winners. Again, it's a team that just wants that goes out there and wants to win and, and will keep going to the last minute. And another big thing for me about them is they clearly had a lot of confidence in Graham Potter. They signed him to a four-year deal straight away. And then in I think it was in his second year they added an extra two years onto that. So, you know, the whole board must love what he's doing. And I think really now we're seeing the fruits of that and the team obviously enjoy being in and playing under him. So it's, it's really good to see.
2: Yeah, I'm quite surprised to you know that, you know, the so-called bigger teams have gone coming for Potter. I mean, they, there's talk about Spurs, potentially um, you know, him being the next manager, but, you know, he's, he's obviously stuck at, stuck at Brighton. You know, he's, yeah. And he's doing a great job. Yeah, bringing in
0: good players as well. I mean, Tariq Lanty hasn't played this season, but, you know, he's an up-and-coming player and on and obviously he's a right-back. And then on the left side, they bring in uh, Mark Cucurella from, from Spain and, you know, he's another pacey wing-back. So they've got these exciting players on the flanks, more pay up front. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, they're, they're going to be exciting to watch, I think, this season, so we'll keep an eye on them. But uh, a team... Mitch as well, not looking so exciting. Your United, boys. Now's the time to talk about them. So what did you think of their draw against Everton?
1: Uh, Disappointing, in one word. Um, I think the reality is they went into that game and they, for some reason, Oli has just named a squad that was probably our second-rate team, and especially in that midfield. It still had Fernandes in it, which is fantastic, but... When you have the strike power on our bench like we do, why, why do it to yourself? I think their needs they, they're past the point of he knows who his best squad is. I think that's not a question anymore. But he's actually got to play them and stop rotating them. If he wants to be competitive in the Premier League, then you name them. Or at least you come out and say to your fans, you know what, this year we're really going to push for Champions League. Or this year we're really going to push for this cup. And then you actually follow through and do that. Instead, he just seems to rotate his players every single week and give no real chance for them to really get together and, and bond and unite and then actually go out and perform consistent performances. Instead, it's every week. It's a new, it's a new squad out there. And I think one positive out of that whole entire match was Jaden Sancho actually looked very exciting off the bench. It was more, I think the player that I think that we, well, United thought they bought, but to not, to not name your starting, your strongest starting squad is, is ridiculous. I think I don't want to see Fred in a, in a United shirt for quite a while after that performance he had opportunities to stop that last counter-attack and that hurts. But I just think we've, we've got to start naming consistent squads in our stronger squad. And even if it means, you you know, Ronaldo comes off at the 70 minute, 70th minute mark of each game, if he's got to be rested, but by then the game should be in our control. He shouldn't be coming on trying to find a winner or, you know, we should have got control of that game. And if you really wanted to rest those players, go and tell them, you know, you've got 60 minutes to make a difference, get 3-0 three, three nil up and, you know, I can give you a hot shower and you can finish your day and relax. But we just don't seem to be doing that. And it's getting quite frustrating, almost as frustrating as it would be for Al, you know, at that start of the season where Tottenham were struggling, but at least they're bouncing back now.
2: Mm. Well, yeah, that's it, Mitch. Thank you. I mean, yeah, obviously with United, Ronaldo, it looked like he was um, sulking at the end there as well when he walked off.
1: Don't blame him personally. (laughs) Yeah. I mean,
0: you can't, you can't just keep, Ronaldo. I know they had Champions League during the week, but to not start him in a Premier League game ahead of an international break, I'm not sure, is he being selected with uh, Portugal? Because I know there's a few red countries that um, players aren't going to be travelling to. I'm not sure if Ronaldo is a part of that, but still, I mean, ahead of an international break, just play him in that final game. And um, yeah, I I mean, drawing to Everton isn't the most embarrassing defeat, but I think it's just the way that... uh, uh, it was almost Everton's second string lineup. They had no Coleman, no Calvert Lewin, no Richarlison, uh, no Andre Gomez, no Awobi and Sigurdsson as well. And yet we're looking at United's, you know, well 95% of their uh, best team were out there. So um, I said it off air last week. I don't think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer will be there at United next season. Um, I just don't see him winning a Premier League or a Champions League as a manager at United. I think he's out of his depth. And, you know, if the weekend wasn't another red flag, that, that's, I mean, they've only, uh, they've only won one point in their last two outings, which is against depleted Everton side. Um, Aston Villa last week. They've also drawn to uh, Southampton. And you lose to the, the young boys in in the, um, the Champions League and also get knocked out by West Ham So in the Carabao Cup. So, yeah, it, it hasn't been a great start to the season. So I'll be surprised if, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the next manager to go.
2: Well, I think we were saying that last week as well, or a couple of weeks ago. So he's got to win something. He's got to win a trophy. Mm-hmm. He's out of the League Cup, as you said. You know, that was a trophy to win. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, even if it puts his youngsters out there, he's got to win something for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Got to be done. And then, not to go too far away from Everton's performance, I thought Decore was fantastic and has been for the majority of this season, actually. He's a real strong midfielder. And if anything, I'd love to see United buy him to replace uh, good old Fred. Um, But he's just (laughs) a strong CDM, no nonsense. And you know, he's, he's a nice player to watch. And I think that's, a, he's a key player in that Everton midfield. So even when they were missing those players, they can rely on him because he's no nonsense and just gets that job done, which was really good to see.
0: Mm. And just on Everton as well, the two signings they made were turning out to be bargains. Uh, Andre, on. Andros Anderson. Townsend, Andros Townsend, and Damari Gray—they've been brilliant, and they were both involved heavily in that goal. Obviously, like Townsend scored it, but yeah, the bodywork Gray used to shoulder off—who was it, Wan Bissaka or someone else? I can't really remember. But it was yeah, Fred, Fred coming
1: across, and then Wan Bissaka oh, just hard. stepped in and defensive errors. But yeah, it's—it wasn't yeah. pretty at all. Any of United players, <laughs> take a yeah. pick.
0: Yeah, exactly. But good on Everton. You know, they go there, earn a point. They don't often do that at Old Trafford. But yeah, United uh, just heading down that downward spiral, which is a bit worrying. And another team also doing that is Leicester. I think um, it hasn't been spoken about enough how poor they've been going this season. Uh, just the two wins to start the year, they did did it in the one of those wins came in the first week against Wolves, wasn't that convincing? One 0 and and then the other one against Norwich. But yeah, the last two games, they, they've dropped they've dropped some. Points they probably shouldn't have against Crystal Palace, and also um, and also Burnley. So two games, uh, two two all draws. I mean, is is Rogers the next to go?
2: Al, oh no, but I don't think so. He's a great manager, and you know it's still early days. Um, hmm. I think Leicester still do alright, uh, although they were two 0 up at the weekend. Yeah, and to lose ship two goals in and get get a two two draw, and they could have lost it as well at the end there. Yeah, um, I think no. Brendan Rodgers definitely not. He's a fantastic manager.
0: I'll ask both of you this: What do they have to do this year for Brendan Rodgers to stay? Like, what's their pass mark for the season? I mean, he's
2: probably got to say top four, I and mean, that's going to be tri- that's going to be obviously mm. very tricky. Um, mm. But I mean, the Leicester have always always been up there. I mean, they were they are up there for most of the season last year, and then obviously that they dropped out um, the last last game. I think it was. I think they lost the Spurs. Um, at home. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, so top four, they've got to be around the top four for sure.
1: What about I you, think might, I think it might be more that uh, the top four, I think, is, is just about sewn up already. Um, I think it's probably more or less that top six, that top six, and, and even that can be quite competitive. But I also think, just to point out, Leicester, yes, their results haven't been favourable, but they're missing key players. I mean, Wilfred nandidi has been out. And, you know, we talk about conceding goals in the fashion they did. He, he helps prevent those sitting in that midfield role um, it's not their first choice squad out there. There's a few more players missing as well. I just can't put my finger on them right now, but they, they will bounce back. And I think, we've, I mean, we've just spent the last 10 minutes of obviously talking about Brighton and Brentford, but they're two teams that will probably start slipping towards the end of this year. I mean, Brighton, maybe not now. They've got that Premier League sort of stamina after being up for four or five years, but we can't expect those teams to continue. Whereas a team like Leicester, especially under Brendan Rodgers, should you know be able to kick and continue throughout the season and improve, and I think they will. I just I can't see Brendan Rodgers being the next manager to be sacked. Um, and I, I think if they finished around that top six mark, and you know you'd love for Leicester to get into Europa League for the uh, Europa League again. So I think that's I think that's his pass mark, and I, I don't think either way. I don't I think if they, even if they fall short, he's still there next year because he is such a good manager, and I can't see any other managers popping up that would one want to go to Leicester, and two Leicester would want to have their over him at the moment.
2: Yeah, I think, Mm -hmm. but it was just just you know fighting for that top four position is is still there. I don't think it's sewn up. Even though a few weeks ago I said I I predicted that top four. You know, you still give he he
0: still gives Spurs a chance.
2: I'm I'm giving (laughs) Spurs a chance. Obviously, we we haven't mentioned Spurs yet. Um, Yeah, but but looking at that, I mean, I looked at that. Obviously, we beat Villa. Villa last week. We were giving them a lot of praise for uh, beating United. I think it was. Uh but you know, this week, yeah, I think they, they play quite well, suppose. I think uh the actual I looked at the team sheet beforehand and I thought uh I think I, I mentioned it last week. We had those those players like Romero, um, Emerson Royale. You know, they didn't yeah. even play in the North London derby. Yeah. And and you now they're straight in with Skip playing in that central central defensive midfield uh position. And yeah, they look pretty solid. Yeah. You know, I'm not getting carried away. I've obviously got my scarf on this week, but um, it's a good win, but then, but then again, we, we talk about the international break and it comes at the wrong time for Spurs at the moment, because we're going to miss out on those players. Those players are going to play for at least one game after that international break, like Romero Lo Celso. Um, So, you know, this, these, these things are going to happen each, each Mm. month.
0: Yeah, no, you do make a good point and I do agree with you. And it's only a matter of time before Harry Kane starts firing again. And I think when he does, uh, that's when we might start to see a bit of the Spurs. We saw last season that, you know, got them to top of the table at Christmas or whatever it was, or at the new year. Um, but yeah, no, you do make a good point. They were good on the weekends. And I mean, you you guys are also giving plenty of uh, <laughs> plenty of hope to Leicester. I'm not as hopeful as you guys, but yeah, they, they should make at least top six. I, I expect Spurs to definitely fight for the top four as well. Um, but... Looking at the other end of the table, it's looking really interesting. Uh, Mitch, especially, mate, you said last week that you are looking forward to the Burnley-Norwich game because one of those you're hoping one of those sides would claim their first win of the season and it ended in a nil-all draw. So, I mean, I, I want to ask both of you, uh, the four teams left without a win, at this stage of the season, at the second international break, who do you think are the three that are looking likely to go down?
1: Jeez, that hurts. Um, it's look, early. <laughs> it, it is early. And I don't even want to put Burnley back in that conversation, but we've had that conversation earlier in the year. And look, I think Norwich, we can always put a line through them and say that they're going to be there. Yeah. Um yeah. I think Southampton have started to look really competitive in games. Um, you know, they've they've got quite a few draws. They've they've narrowly missed out on wins, and I think that's what we can continue to expect from them. And it's I think Danny Ings will start to get the odd one goal or two goals here and there, and we'll probably get them out of that area. I'm starting to lose hope for Burnley, yes. And mm-hmm. to be honest, that bottom three, as it stands right now, Burnley, Newcastle, Norwich, it does look troubling. It, it does look quite <laughs> concerning. And, and Newcastle is actually my pick for the team to sack their manager next, to be honest. So, in a way, I think that could be that could be it. But again, Sean Dyche does know how to, you know, play dirty and get himself out of those situations. So I expect Burnley to push, but. To draw nil with Norwich and to see, you know look at the results that Norwich have had during this season, that's that's a tough draw and it's a you know it's a costly two points down the drain for Burnley. Mm.
2: Just what about you, I was going to say, well, it's Norwich for sure. Um, they look like they're they're the whipping boys. Uh, they're going to go down, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, probably Burnley, and I'd say Newcastle are looking. I mean, it's, it's hard to say now. I mean, we're, we're only in the fifth of October, right? Yeah. It's still early, early days, as I mentioned. So we can't really nothing's sewn up yet. I did, Mitch, I did hear you saying that uh like Danny Ng, so Danny Ng's playing for Southampton. He's still he's he's at Villa now, isn't
1: he? Yeah, sorry, that was my mistake. I um we'll pick up on that one. And we'll move on. <laughs> um, I was hoping that we could uh just if you didn't bring it up, we could have actually just edited over that and no one had to know. So that's fine now. That's <laughs> Sorry, Mitch, to mind to Mitch.
2: There's, no, there's, there's no Jimmy on the call to call me Alan, you know, at the moment. So, uh, you know, that's
0: true. He usually is the one to call people out, Jimmy. So, I think it's a good thing he's not here. But we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll let that fly, Mitch. Don't worry, we, you didn't say yeah, we that. Can,
2: we can cut that out for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but we cheered. Um,
0: yeah, so Norwich, I think uh, they're, they're an interesting topic because last time they came up. Uh, I think it was, yeah, a couple of years ago, they made, um, they came up with a a method not to change. uh, Their their squad make big signings, spend a lot of money. They wanted to, you know, maintain that chemistry they had with the team that, you know, sent them up from the championship. And what happens, they suffer a few injuries and they go straight back down. This was, you you would think, you know, coming up this year, they would have learned a lot of their lessons from last time around, but... You know, in truth, they probably haven't. They haven't really made any big signings. And I mean, you can already put a pencil through them this season, I think. I mean, they've got that last spot sewn up. I don't see them really rebounding. They've only scored uh one point from uh yeah, registered one point from the first seven games. They haven't scored a goal away from home. Um it's pretty it's looking pretty bleak for them. Going back to the top of the table, guys, Manchester uh yeah, Manchester City and Liverpool. Uh, Game of the season so far. Did you guys watch it?
2: Yeah, I have to say it was. Um, I thought it was fantastic. Uh, And what a goal by Salah.
0: Yeah. It was one of the best goals I've ever seen. Mate, it gives me tingles just thinking about it. I think I've watched it over about 100 times now. I said it last week and you guys laughed at me. He's the best player in the Premier League. Based on current form, this is the most complete I've seen Mo Salah um, in his four years at Liverpool. So I think, yeah, I think, and I mean, I'd go as far as saying he's one of the most in form in the world as well. But that was incredible, that goal, even his assist for Mane. Um, But what a game. What a game. Mitch, did you watch it?
1: I certainly didn't get up at two thirty to watch it. However, I did watch it uh, later on uh, in the morning when I woke up. Eventually at six, and, and did flick it on and, and watch the full game in replay. And I thought it was interesting. It was definitely a game of two halves. Um, yeah. City just that first half from them was unbelievable. I think they they definitely weren't at their or some some of their players weren't at their best. I think De Bruyne wasn't that wasn't his best game this year. But you know it was enough to be to keep them in the game. And I think they should have probably scored earlier in that match. Yeah. Um, Phil Foden, I thought, missed a great chance. I thought, you know, we talk about that run from Salah and that goal. Uh, Bernardo Silva, his run to set up uh, Foden with that opportunity, that was a fantastic run. And that ball was weighted perfectly. So, you know, I think that was an opportunity gone missing from City in that in that half. But, look, it was a fantastic yeah. match. Liverpool to stay in the game the way they did and then that start that second half was phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they scored that second goal, if the referee um, was maybe, you know, doing the right job. Should have maybe sent Milner off a lot earlier than that, but that's all right. Um, But look, it was it was a good result. I think both managers are happy with a point, especially probably Pep, considering the week that City have had in terms of having Chelsea then PSG, uh, and then of course Liverpool to round off. That's a you know a big week of to play those three teams in a week's huge, really.
2: But, but you say that right? That did he? We, we that's all right. But that Milner red card. I mean, he could have got three yellows, mate.
1: It was a good. No, he should have been off that field. I don't. I don't. I, didn't, I don't. You know, he's off that field. I don't think Liverpool are in that match at all. I mean, I he's never
2: he's going, going to play right it. back again, is he? No, I mean, I mean
1: gets sent off.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, he he was torn about, apart completely by phone, and he should have been sent off. I'll admit it. He, yeah, absolutely. He was lucky away, uh, lucky not to give away a penalty or a free kick right on the edge of the box or whatever it was. That could have definitely been a yellow as well. Um, like Al said. But yeah, extremely lucky. Um, hopefully, Trent Alexander-Arnold is back after the international break. But yeah, Liverpool's depth in that area of the field is is a bit of a concern. But I don't, I still don't like seeing Manchester City use that as an excuse to not uh, beating Liverpool because again, like City blew their chances in the first half. Probably should have been up three nil to be honest. So yeah. I
2: agree, Nick. Actually, on that, I mean, I think you know there was there was chat a few weeks ago. About Ole, about you know Ole Soske, you know not getting many penalty decisions um, because of you know, certain comments. He was talking about Klopp in particular, All right now Guardiola's pepping up against the decisions. You know that that didn't go City's way at the weekend. Obviously, the the, the red card. We're talking about that, yeah. But it's quick to, to forget that. You know, only a few weeks ago at the Etihad, you had Carl Walker. Um exactly had a red right. that was you know was given a reprieve. You know, where was the V A R that you know it, where was the VI on 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 you know the the City of Liverpool game really? Uh, yeah. but you know swings and roundabouts for all of the the decisions that come come round.
0: No, that's uh, that's definitely fair enough. Hard hard to disagree with you there, Al. Um yeah, so I guess we'll wrap this up now, boys, player of the week. Uh Al, I'll start with you. Who did you have this week?
2: Well, Nick, I'm actually going to win the three points here because we were just <laughs> chatting about him before. Uh, yeah. But I'm going to say Mo Salah. Yeah. For that assist and that goal, um, abs- absolutely world-class and sublime. Um, mm-hmm. That man needs a raise, doesn't he? He does.
0: He does. And he needs some votes on our table as well because he hasn't had any this season. And I'm, um, He's sitting here wondering why, because I think he's been the play of the year. <laughs> but yeah, thank you for bringing that up, Al. Thank you for including Mo Salah and Mitch. How about you? I mean,
1: there's there's no point in me even putting a case forward now. <laughs> I mean, I think I think last week I got ridiculed ridiculed for picking a player that you know was in a draw. So if if that's if a draw can't get you three votes, well then ours out straight away. But look, I'm actually going to change my vote. I know that's what I wrote but I loved Jimenez and I thought, you know, he, with the work he did to create those two those two goals, because he did, he put him mm-hmm. through, you know, both times one-on-one with a goalkeeper. Jimenez has been phenomenal. He's obviously changed his game slightly now um, and he's happy to go and get those assists. Maybe he want, doesn't want to be in the box just yet, obviously trying to, you know, feel his way back into the games after that injury. But Jimenez was uh, um, outstanding. You know, his physicality on the ball pretty much won those two goals as well. So for me, I think Jimenez was crucial in that 2-0 win. Um, and I'll be, make a big case on the fact that it was a win wasn't a draw. They didn't have to share. He led his team to victory. So, Raheem Jimenez is my pick.
0: He did. But then again, it was against Newcastle.
2: <laughs> Go
1: on, Al. What were you going to
2: say? I was going to say, it was against Newcastle. And also, we're talking, we're talking the two teams up there. Um, the two teams to beat, really. Uh, Liverpool, Man City. Um, mm. I have to mention, quick mention, that Rodri. Did you see that challenge that he did?
0: Yeah, against Fabinho. to den- Deny the winning goal. Incredible. Yeah, he definitely deserves that, a shout
2: as well. That is just as good as a goal, I think, in my mind. Yeah, absolutely.
1: A hundred percent. Definitely incredible tackle, last-ditch effort. I mean, if he missed times that it's a penalty and probably still is a goal. So, you know, he yeah. got it a hundred percent. He got it correct. as a fantastic tackle. I'm sure Pep was uh, very happy with him post-game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he definitely would have been. Um, yeah, it's a good shout, Mitch. Uh, I did like, though, the, the the game of the two strikers at Wolves. Um, and I love Jimenez. I, I, I love strikers who can, you know, set up play. Like Harry Kane became that last year for Tottenham where he started to get a lot more assists. I think Ivan Tony's becoming a lot more of that type of striker and Jimenez now as well. So, love him. But are you giving the, are you, is, are the two votes for Jimenez or Huang?
1: <laughs> two votes already. Gee, oh, yeah, okay. two votes. I've
0: already put in the two.
1: Votes. <laughs> wow, okay, yeah. Look, I'll, the two votes are for Jimenez. I think he was spectacular. All right. Good.
0: Oh, all right. Jimenez it is then. Uh and I'll I'll fill in for Jimmy here. I'll give the one vote because I've already given Seller the three. <laughs> but Ronaldo uh, I'll, No, I wait. I mean, yeah, Ronaldo one vote for sitting on the bench definitely. But I was going to say uh Al, you took my Liverpool player. So I'll mention a Spurs player, Son. I thought he was brilliant. I mean, talk about setting up two goals. He was outstanding for Spurs. So I think he deserves one vote. And it was either going to be between him and Phil Foden, because I thought Foden was uh very good as well for for Man City. Um, but yeah, so I think that's that's the three. Uh Son, Jimenez, and Mo Salah this week so thanks boys for that and thank you for tuning in as well uh joining me on the show today as always so um uh, we got the international break coming up so no football next week and unfortunately we got that massive two-week gap that always seems to go forever but anyway on the other side of that I'll see you boys next time